It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That's the wrong holiday. <laughs> oh, yes. It's only Thanksgiving. Um, Actually, Miss Tina, yesterday was Thanksgiving. We might be pre-recording this, but this is officially the day after Thanksgiving here in the United States. And because I've been very respectful of Miss Rhonda's grinchiness, I have not did anything Christmas, but now Thanksgiving's over and it's all Christmas all the time. Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie authors on their journey toward publication. I am Jennifer Carl Tong, the elf, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Christina Katana, and I write multiple genres, including Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction. Okay, Jennifer, you just like this time of year because you look so cute in your little red color oh. there. It looks so nice on you. Oh, do you like my sweater? Aww. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it better I'm than your flesh-colored tank top that you were <laughs> test casting with us this morning. I kept freaking out like you were going to forget to go put your shirt on, and you're like, oh, no way. And now you I had a why. reason. Because she was sitting in front of just a plain backdrop for like the whole precast, like just pretending it was business as usual. <laughs> then she's like, are you guys ready? And she went, zoom. And she turned her camera to show this winter wonderland that she had set up for us in her little sweater. So cute. You have to, um, you're going to have to pan down to your sweater when I'm reading my story later. When I, oh, when I read my, when you do the feedback. Very excited. Yeah. Yes. So if you like what we do here on the podcast, we would really appreciate if you would subscribe, um, hit the subscribe button below, like us, follow us on social media. If you like, my whipped cream has melted a bit, but oh, are are those peppermint pieces on top of my <laughs> my peppermint mocha? Mm. We can't tell. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> Oh, is that a Christmas bug is too? That keto? <laughs> Everything about this is keto except for the little pieces of candy that I'm going to actually try to avoid. But I'm willing to go off off plan today just to annoy Rhonda. I mean, to encourage <laughs> Rhonda in her Christmasness. <laughs> you drink that, and I'll drink my Lacroix. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, actually, it's it's coffee with um, whipping cream in it, and. Um, um, some sugar-free, it's actually caramel peppermint because I forgot I was going to do this. And I put caramel in this morning <laughs> and then some peppermint so extract. Oh my gosh. Peppermint extract is way better than any of those peppermint things that you can buy for your coffee. Super good. Mm. So anyway, a little off track here. This is a, usually the time of our podcast where we will share with what we've done this week or what's going on in our lives, uh, personal lives and our professional lives. Um, and we call it our what's up. So I'm going to start today with my favorite little elf, Rhonda, because um, <laughs> I just feel like picking on Rhonda today. So Rhonda, what's up with you lately? <laughs> Um, I have tried really hard to be serious about my nano this year and I'm not going to win. And that's fine with me because I've won in the past, but I go back and look at it and it just, ugh, bleh. and this time I'm trying to use words that I want to keep and will be useful to me December 1st. So that's not my accountability corner. That's just my, what I've been doing for the month of November and I'm trying to keep up with it. Awesome. What about you, Jamie? 
Well, I have to say, first of all, I already miss all of our little live chat girlfriends that we normally have. So any of you guys who are our regulars in the chat that are watching, um, I appreciate you and I miss you right now. I miss checking in to see what the what's up is with all of our people who normally tune in. Um, <clears throat> I have to say it's only been a couple of days since we recorded the last podcast and I'm struggling to find a what's up. I guess I'm very well rested. <laughs> It's been a really um, relaxing weekend of just um, lots of naps and self-care and uh, little sprints of cleaning the house for company that I'm expecting at the end of the week. So it's been just a very good weekend for um, revitalizing. What about you, Jen? What's up with you? Well, I have not been decorating as it might look. Actually, <laughs> we did this like early November because that's what my family always does. <laughs> You're laughing, but that's the, actually the truth. We, I um, believe you. December, <laughs> December is super busy for my family um, with, with school commitments and things that we have going on that it just, it seems busier when we try to pack the decorating in. Because I grew up with the tradition of the day after Thanksgiving is when you decorated. Um, but our tradition has always been when the, shoe boxes come out at i don't know if you guys have ever participated in that oh the, 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 or, um, the um operation christmas yep, yes um we when those come out we are in full christmas mode here at the tong household so um we so but this week i have been just kind of plugging along on things in my personal life that i have to do at my aunt's house still trying to pack things up and trying to do that trying to fit some writing in and just being a mom uh, we've already had concerts at school for my kids and so yeah, just been busy as a mom. What about you, Tina? Um, well, my car is still in the shop, and so my Operation Christmas Child box is still in the dining room. Hey, oh no! Because I couldn't get to the store and get anything to fill it up. So I feel a little bad about that. Um, well, and, just because you didn't get it to our church, there are still drop places this whole. Yeah, week, I was just so. going to ask on Facebook, and, and we'll see if I get my car back. I mean. They need a new transmission, so who knows how long Ugh. that's going to take. So, but and that's pretty much it. I probably shouldn't talk about my installation from yesterday in my oh. bathroom. Oh. <laughs> All right, moving so, <laughs> on. We had some plumbing issues going on here. We did some plumbing yesterday. Did your son-in-law come and help with that? No, my oh. husband and my son did it. Oh, okay. And I, I installed mine. It was. Funny. I sat there with the instruction book, told them what to do. All right. <laughs> well, for those of you that are not in the United States, we have a holiday every fourth Thursday of November that we call Thanksgiving, and it is a time for family and for food. It's actually my father's favorite holiday um, because it's only about food. <laughs> he loves going to church on Easter and he loves getting presents for other people, but he really enjoys that Thanksgiving is just about good food and family just sitting down to a meal. And that's just his favorite. So that's um, what we are be celebrating this week. That's why we are not live because a lot of us will have family in town and have family commitments on the day after Thanksgiving as well, which we also call uh, Black Friday here in the United States because it's a big shopping day for uh, Christmas. Um, so we thought today we would do a special episode where we discuss the things that we are grateful for as the year is coming to a close, uh, thinking about family and about the holiday, as well as um, what we, um, maybe some of our traditions. We'll start with what we're grateful for. Um, ladies, is there any one of you that wants to go first, things that you've been thinking about that you're really thankful for? 
I will go first. Okay, so um, uh, the American Thanksgiving story is about, um, well, when you learn it in kindergarten, as I learned it, uh, is pilgrims and Indians coming together to have a feast. And it's so great how when you're a little child, they just make everything seem like how wonderful to have this feast. Well, as an adult, you start to think about those people that got on the ship and went across the ocean and how long the journey was and how many of them died and how uncomfortable the journey was and <clears throat> just the stuff that those people were made out of is amazing and i'm just very thankful that our heritage is these hardy people who came over to a strange land and settled it like they were some really tough uh committed people and i just am very thankful for their fortitude and their constitution and as i see what we've kind of become <laughs> i'm like oh my word how many of us would survive because you think about <clears throat> going to colonize and anymore the only place to really go and colonize is like space and you wonder would you be one of the people to get on one of those first ships to go out there and and settle a new world and i'm just very thankful for that pioneering uh spirit and attitude right especially since like they came because they were looking for religious freedom yeah. You know, am I even willing to move out of my house and go to a different community because God is calling me to do that for him? You know, like it's one of those things you think about, like I never really I mean, I have thought about how much work and how terrible it would have been to have to travel on the ships back then. But really, like to know that, like, I sometimes am stuck in the mud. And I don't want to go to uncomfortable places that Christ calls me to. But the fact that they did that and like I'm here today because of that, like that's. Yeah, that's kind of blows my mind. That's a good one. All right. Who else wants to go? Well, I'm mostly thankful for family. I mean, I've got other things to be thankful for. Um, but I'm, that's like my biggest thing that I'm thankful for is my kids and my husband and that my kids are all within a distance. I mean, my boys are about two hours north of here but they're still close enough to come home and we're gonna still be able to have them all here. And we're not doing it on Thanksgiving and we're doing it the Sunday after because my boys um, work and they probably have Thanksgiving day off. I'm not sure. My one son works in a gas station, so I mean, he might have to work, but just the fact that they're gonna be here and my daughter and I are kind of doing um, Thanksgiving dinner together She's cooking part of it, and I'm cooking part of it. And it's just a nice time to spend with my kids who have grown up and left me. I mean, I still have one at home, but it's nice to have that feeling of having a house full of kids. You know, like your kids. I miss that. I miss that feeling. And so I'm really thankful when they can all be here. That's super nice. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're not having them stay till you're tired of them. It's really nice for them to right. come and not stay for, you know, three weeks or something. <laughs> Until you realize, ah, that's why we were excited to have them leave. <laughs> Just because, you know, five times the amount of toilet paper being used and all of those little aggravations seem to kind of mean nothing, you know. My love language is quality time, so yeah. 
I mean, I, I could care less if the dishes get done or all of that stuff. I just like want us all to sit down and play a game together or, you know, talk or whatever. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jen? Uh, what are you thankful for? Um, I agree with, with both you ladies. I agree that family is super important for me. You know that. And I'm very thankful for my family. I'm thankful for friends. Um, I know I told you guys this week, um, I had a, uh, well, last week, I guess it was because it's early in the week now. Last week, I had um, um, some moments that were um, hard for me, just, you know, reliving the fact that, you know, I've lost someone that was very close to me and you girls were there for me. And I just really appreciate you so much for you. Everyone watching this, they don't see the behind the scenes to know how we uplift each other and walk with each other in the day to day. And I just really, really appreciate that. And um, I, so the one thing I wanted to say, though, that that was unique you know, that I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for memories. Um, as I work to uh, box up my aunt's house and decide what's going to be kept and what, you know, we're going to donate like that. Uh, a lot of memories are being stirred up and I am just so grateful and so thankful to the Lord that he gave me a family like he gave me and not just my immediate family, but um, those around me, like my aunt who was very special to me and, um, I knew that she was influential to me. I knew that she was important to me. But when you go through something like this and then you have to kind of like, it's kind of really ending their life. You know, she is passed, but I'm really like boxing up her life right now. And so much of me is in these boxes. So much of her life was about me and my brother. And um, I'm just so grateful that he gave me a godly woman um, outside of my mom, who was a godly woman, he gave me someone else to that I could look to for advice, that I could look to for encouragement and support. Um, and she, my aunt had a, an awful lot to do with getting me that that push to finally become a writer. I've been wanting to do it my whole life, and if it wasn't for her, I don't think it would be happening right now. It would have happened. And so, did she? For did those you guys memories. have a conversation, or mm -hmm. was it like a moment where she? just pushed you to write conversations, multiple conversations, a moment where she finally said, Jenny, just do it. Um, I can look back when I was trying to make the decision. My husband and I were trying to decide if I was going to quit my job and stay home. I was a teacher or, um, I mean, that's a big step. I mean, we were on my insurance. Um, I was bringing home half the income in the house. Um, but we really feel like God telling me to do that. And my aunt was the one that supported me And a little bit of background information is my aunt helped me pay for my, master's degree to become a teacher um but she was she didn't care she didn't feel like I was throwing away that money she thought she always said education is never wasted education is something you all you always use somehow some way and when I went back to school to be a teacher I had to take more writing classes and just because I was going to be teaching language arts and I, I use a lot of that that I learned in my master's level and in my when I went back to school because I graduated years before I became a teacher um, I, I use a lot of that today in my writing and that was all because of her. And then when it came down to, I had these stories and I, you know, I, I wanted to write and my parents are so supportive of me, but they're not readers. They're not, um, they're not people that like devour books the way that I do, the way that my aunt did. And my aunt was so encouraging about that. And she also, um, helped out financially. She asked me one day, she came over and she's like, what's stopping you? Why you have these two books that you've already finished. I said, well, one of them's not even been edited yet. She's like, well, what's stopping you? 
And I said, well, you got to do this, that, you gotta, I got to do a cover and I have to buy the images, blah, blah, blah. And she wrote me a check right then. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was able to do the cover for Searching for Anna and it came out the, um, like two months later. So it wasn't that it wasn't that we're broke. It was just like when you're a parent, everyone I think watching this who's a you parent, you budget. know, yeah. you budget. And, <clears throat> yeah, priorities. As mom, yeah. and as a mom, I think you all three would agree with me. We're the lowest priority, especially when we're kind of in charge of buying things, spending things. I don't spend on myself. And um, she gave me that money and that's what I purchased the images with. And I, I paid for the, the photographs to be done for the covers. And so she encouraged me in many, many ways, but so there's so much of me, not just my career, but me as a, a, a person that has been molded by this woman. And then I just have all these, it's so cool going through boxes, like, Oh, what's this? And you open it up and it's something like, Oh my word. And you forgot about things or it makes you remember things that, she, that you've done with her or that when you're little. And I showed, um, before we started, I showed the ladies pictures of me, um, when I was younger and they are ones I had just found at my aunt's house. And one was my junior year of high school. One was a dance. Like I used to be in dance and it's a ridiculous mm-hmm. picture. There's worse ones actually. And then one when I was little and it's just, these are things that she kept. And I don't think I would have had these pictures if she hadn't kept them. So I'm really grateful for the people that God have put, has put in my life. And I'm very grateful for the memories that I have of the people that have gone on before me. All right, Rhonda, how about you? What are you grateful for today? Uh, Before I start, I just want to say what a blessing from God it was to her that you were able to read that book to her in her Mm -hmm. last Oh, yeah. Yeah, she devoured Searching for Anna. The minute, like, I actually let her read it Mm. before my mom. (laughs) Because my aunt reads that genre. She read it, like, all the time. My mom's not much a reader, so I really kind of wanted to get her feedback, and she devoured it in one day, like in the afternoon, and then called me. And then um, when um, Avoiding Esther came out, my aunt had been already diagnosed and it was the cancer was moving quickly. And she had the book and she kept picking up trying to, to read it. But sometimes even just the, the fact of holding the book for a while uh, or having to focus was hard for her. So um, I finally, I said, do you want me just to read it to you? So over like about a week, I read it to her. And at this point, we still thought we had months. And she passed away the next week. And so I'm Mm. really grateful to God that that he gave me that opportunity that um, I was able to share that with her because it was really important to me that she got to hear that. Thanks for bringing that up, Rhonda. I forgot about that. It was my goal to get you to cry today. <laughs> Check. So, uh, is, that, is, that grief, is that revenge yes. for this? Yes. Payback. Yes. Yep. Yep. What um, about you, Rhonda? What are you thankful for? Well, um, speaking of her, um, one of the things I'm so grateful for every day is family archivists. Because if it wasn't for them, so many of the memories that people could learn from and just be edified by and all that would be gone. And so I am grateful for Family Archivist every day. Um, And then a close second would be my actual family, the Mm -hmm. ones who, you know, aren't archivists. um, They also (laughs) count. Um, And every person in my family, they mean something different to me. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. them all. My own family, my in-laws, and I've got adopted family. I mean, not like actual adopted, but family I've adopted into my own family as well. 
Um, but then also, I am so grateful for the people in my life who have encouraged my writing. You guys are not just writing buddies anymore. You are my friends. And I appreciate every all three of you. Oh. And um, so even if I don't feel like writing, a lot of times I do because, well, you shame me into it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then somebody's going to ask, like, that is huge. Somebody's going to ask if you've been yeah. writing. Yes, it is huge. It is. Um, and then probably number one, because she's family and she's also another writing buddy, is my mom. Mm -hmm. Because she has been so instrumental in, in well, my whole life. But really, especially right now, my writing life. Um, and then lastly, the last thing I'm grateful for today is my ADHD because I've come to learn that it's really a superpower. And I mean, I just say that to make myself feel better, but really it's, it's helped me in a lot of ways in my life. And, you know, Jamie, you were talking about the pilgrims and there's a theory that America is so full of people with ADHD because who else but an ADHD or would, would get on that boat, get yeah. on that boat and be able to figure out how to survive. And um, so I'm, I guess I'm grateful for the pilgrims, too. Yes. And for those of, of us who are not familiar with um, genealogical jargon, can you explain what an archivist is? Sure. Um, okay, so you can uh, collect all your family pictures and throw them in a box and put them in the closet and hope the house doesn't burn down. So that's your average person. Um, an archivist is a person who's going to actually curate what should be kept in the family archives. And that means deciding whether it's something that should be passed down through the generations. Um, and then they also make it usable. So they organize it so that if someone says, hey, um, cousin Joey, you remember when he wore that whatever activity? You can go and you can find that picture that that person's looking for. I think that we could all make a commitment to start writing the names of people on the back of photographs as we look oh, at them. Oh, because that, be that is the worst is when my um, one aunt passed away, <clears throat> we're looking through pictures. We don't know who's in the picture. I'm sure if she were sitting there next to us, which of course that made us sad that we never sat down and went through the pictures with her. <laughs> yes. But if you could just write down the names of the people on the back, that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. That would so be where I'd start. Yeah. So, you know, Rhonda, you have offered to come over and help me at my aunt's house and just be my, you said my mule, like just, uh, which I <laughs> yeah. so, so appreciate that because it just yep. will be so helpful. Yeah. My, my aunt was the family archivist. I cannot wait to show yep. you I know. all the stuff and it's not all organized, but like, I can't wait to organize it. Like, honestly, yep. like, it's very exciting. And my aunt, my dad uh, was the youngest of 10 kids. So it's, there's just so much history. My grandparents were born, my grandmother was born in 1900. So my dad being the youngest of 10, his parents are the same age as my mother's grandparents. Mm -hmm. So like there's, it just spans the whole 20th century, all these things. So it's yep. such, such cool stuff. I'm yeah. So yeah. About. I have offered and you're lucky I'm not being pushy because no, I can't wait for you to like come that. over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was great. I really enjoyed listening to that with you, with y'all. And, and I know that, that you all agree that we are very much part of each other's lives. I appreciate you saying that, Rhonda, that you're thankful for us because I am for sure 
thankful for the three of Likewise, you as well. Yeah. So let's let's move to something fun. Let's talk about our Thanksgiving traditions. Again, if you are from outside of the United States, you might have a similar holiday than, than uh, Thanksgiving. But in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And usually it's celebrated with turkey and stuffing and cranberries and all these things that I love. So... Tina, why don't you share with us, what is uh, some one or many of the traditions that your family does for Thanksgiving? Well, our lives are in this weird transition phase because for the whole time that my kids were growing up, Thanksgiving, but like you could depend on exactly what was happening. Like we all knew we were going to get up. I was going to put the turkey in the oven. Um, we were going to put the Christmas tree up after we ate. Um, the next day, we were going to all pile in the car and drive to Frankenmuth. And so for those of you that don't know, Frankenmuth is a pretty famous city here in Michigan. Like um, a little got, Bavarian village. Yeah, like a little Bavarian village. And they had, um, and they've changed it now. It's not as nice, but they had this park um, by the river. And they had all these nativity sets in the park. And they would, on Friday night at dark, they would turn on all the Christmas lights. And you would gather, there was Christmas trees all decorated near the nativity sets and you would sing Christmas carols and they would hand out hot chocolate cookies. And sometimes we would, if we were, if we had money, we'd take the kids on a carriage ride. They have the little carriage, horse-drawn carriages and you can ride them through the town. So we would do that if we could. Sometimes we didn't have, you know, cause we had four kids, so. Um, it, that got a little expensive sometimes, but so sometimes we would do that and sometimes we wouldn't, but it was just a tradition. But now like all my kids are grown. Um, and it's just Chris and Bob and I here at the house. And so, and then, like I said earlier, not all my kids could make it on Thanksgiving day. So we decided to have it Sunday. So then my husband was like, well, let's still have something for just us on Thanksgiving day. So that's why he that's why I was talking to you guys earlier about the price of chicken thighs. Like it was like <laughs> turkey okay, thighs. Turkey thighs. Like to buy a turkey thigh is more expensive than buying the whole turkey. And mm -hmm. he was like <laughs> and uh, uh anyway. So but my husband wants to have prime rib instead oh. of turkey on Sunday. Mm. Oh on Sunday. He doesn't want turkey. Yeah, on with Sunday. the kids. Oh. With when the kids are here? Mm. So we're going to have prime rib and we're going to have my daughter's making up the potatoes, like scalloped potatoes to go with it and stuff. So he wanted to have a, still have a turkey dinner on Thanksgiving, <clears throat> but not a whole turkey because it's just three of us. So your kids are okay with not having turkey on Sunday? Because I think yeah, I would they, be were all, they were all fine, of it, fine oh. with it. And but see, the problem is. In America, most people have the turkey on Thanksgiving and the prime rib at Christmas. Right. So the prime rib goes on sale before Christmas. Does <laughs> not go on sale. Like you can't even really find it before Thanksgiving. My husband has his friend at at the grocery store. Well, you know when there's going to cut him one. <laughs> when there's something really expensive that we want that's really not in the budget, we just rent it. So could you guys just like rent some prime rib from somewhere? Oh. And. <laughs> <laughs> Is there bananas nearby? Can you put it for layaway? Can you make layaway payments on this? I know, right? Because, I mean, who are you're feeding like eight people? 
Well, more, because I think yeah. my one son's bringing his girlfriend with him. Mm. So, and I don't know if my granddaughter's going to be there. Well, if you serve so. prime rib, probably everybody will come back next year. So there is <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so. My one son is sometimes a vegetarian, so I don't know. Sometimes he's not. I don't know. What's well, maybe the, um, the plant-based uh, prime rib is cheaper than the <laughs> meat-based. Sure. Meat it's edible. Do Beyond, yeah. Beyond, Beyond prime yeah, rib. Beyond prime rib, yeah. <laughs> what would that even be like? <laughs> oh my word! And so the bone would be made out of like rice powder or something. Yeah. Know. So and I don't know what that's going to do with our whole tradition of putting the tree up. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to just do it on Thanksgiving since I'm going to have a whole day. And I don't know. Maybe you want to do it on that day when your family's over because you'll have your grandbaby, right? Because yeah. you have to start thinking about like new traditions, right? Now that you've got the grandbaby. Right. Well, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. It's all in flux. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I'll let you know what I do about the tree. Maybe I won't put it up this year. <gasps> no, don't say that. You still have a kid at home. I know he's a teenager, but. Yeah, he doesn't care. They say mm -hmm. that. That's how my you know son was like care? that. Because but... he's the one that's got to go in the basement and pull all the boxes. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Uh, I felt I thought that my son, my my youngest stepson, was like that, and so um, we um, planned to do the tree when and he wasn't going to be here. He already had plans, and he came to me. He's like, "You're going to do the tree without me?" And I was like, "He was like a senior in high school." I'm like, "You want to be here for?" It? He's like, "Yeah." So we we changed it. I was shocked. But like the minute, like he would complain about it. But the minute that we were gonna like kind of cut him out of it, I guess you could say, he, all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> so you don't well, know. We have this whole family Facebook message thing, group thing going on. So maybe I'll type something in there, like, "Do you guys want to put up the tree Sunday?" And if I don't get a resounding "Yeah," then I, I don't know, I'll make do something different. All right. Because if it's already up Sunday, then we can like play games or. something. One thing we'd like to do is get those, you know, those one-time games that come in the mail. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like a mystery. You get a, a mystery box mm. and it's the murder mystery. And it basically you only play it once because once you solve the mystery, you know, get it. Right. Right. So last year it was a, it was like a sixties cafe theme. It was mm -hmm. really funny. And my husband was the murderer. But you like nobody knows who the murderer is except the murderer. Each person gets a character in the story, and you kind of have you have cue cards that you have to read out. And he was a Russian mobster, and he was trying to talk in like <laughs> a, like a Russian mobster voice. It was hilarious. Uh, it was a lot. It's a lot of fun because like everybody's somebody in the story, and then you give clues, and then people try to guess who did it. Do you order something like that? Like yeah. All right. Yeah, you can order them on Amazon or um, all kinds of different places. Can you get me a link and I'll put it in the um, description so that yeah. if anyone listening wants to They're a lot of fun when you have a lot, like a big family like we do. Right. And there's a lot of people. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. All right, Jennifer, about... why, don't, why don't you go next, Jennifer? Okay. Um, so <clears throat> ours is pretty much very similar to what it was when I was growing up as a kid. We always went to my grandma's house. Now my kids, I take them to my parents' house. I go to grandma's house and we do a turkey. My mom puts a turkey on the night before. She does it in a roaster, not in the oven, but like in an electric roaster. And she gets up like in the middle of the night and puts it on. And it is always 
juicy, delicious, the best turkey I've ever had. I've never had turkey as good as my mom's. Um, but now because my mom has gotten older, and I think I have shared on here before that my mom um, has dementia, it's um, still kind of the early stages, but um, it does affect it. So my mom and dad still do the turkey and the stuffing. And then my mom will bake pies because she can do that days in advance. And my dad helps her with the recipes and like that. And that we're not taking that away from her because she wants to do that. And then I do all the side dishes. And I've learned very quickly that the turkey and the stuffing is the easy part. Having to do all the side dishes and balance them all, make sure everything is hot at the same time is hard. But that's that's now my job. But now I have a sister-in-law too, so she helps out. So um, that's our tradition is that my mom and dad do the main part of the meal and then we all bring in the side dishes. And my husband grew up, it's the tradition was you watch the Detroit Lions. If you come from Michigan, that's Thanksgiving Day. It's a Lions game. Um, my family was not a football watching family, but our Hello? family, now that I'm married, is a football watching um, game or team or family for sure. So that's one of our traditions is we make sure we watch the, tight, the Lions game. We stuff ourselves until we're nuts. And then sometimes my kids will stay the night with my parents and my husband and I can come home and just spend an evening together, which that's one of my uh -huh. favorite. Woo -woo. And then, right? <laughs> and then Thanksgiving, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I know Tina mentioned that she goes to Frankenmuth. Our tradition is we go to Crossroads Village because that is a small, um, it's like a, a park here in Michigan. You have to pay to get in, but they have taken buildings from around the county that were old, old buildings that were going to be torn down or whatever. And they have moved them there and created a village of all of these, you know, 1800s houses and, and buildings like the, the old opera house from Fenton is there and things like that. And they light it up at Christmas time beautifully. And um, we go there because on the day after Thanksgiving is when they light everything up the first time. And if you live in Genesee County, you get in for free. So we go there, we see Santa, we get some roasted chestnuts. We walk around this village with all the lights and then they light this giant tree in the middle of the village. And then they um, will bring a um, like carolers in and it's just a really good fun time. So we do that um, every year. So Janie is having some technical difficulties. Am I okay now? Yes, now you are. You. I yep. turned my camera off and back on. And I guess it threw me out for a second. Sorry. But that's I can okay. still hear you. All right, great. So that's our traditions for Thanksgiving. What about you, Jamie? While we have you, let's let's hear yours. I don't know. I think there's something wrong with me because I tend to be pretty anti-tradition. But I think it's because I have, um, well, I'm a pretty damaged person. But I have big um, reservations between establishing traditions and then not being able to maintain them. And so I sort of mm -hmm. feel like maybe it's lazy parenting 101, but I kind of feel like if you start a tradition where every Thanksgiving blah, -de -de blah happens, and then for some reason you're not able to manufacture blah, -de -de blah, you are blowing people's worlds out of the water. And so also on top of that, my husband travels so much, we can't ever plan on him being around. So we either have to start a tradition that does not include him that he then comes in on when it's already in place or kind of whatever. Also, my life just hasn't really lent itself well to establishing traditions because, <clears throat> well, holidays is always kind of a drama anyway because we have many families to visit. And so it was, it was very much uh, the tradition was deciding how our schedule of the day was going to happen. <laughs> well, eventually it kind of like fell apart to where not so many people are hosting Thanksgiving anymore. And so I'm kind of in a similar situation with Tina as like Thanksgiving is new for us 
because it's new for me to be the one making Thanksgiving for our family. Like I make the dinner and all that stuff. Whereas before we were guests everywhere. So, um, I, my, my kids now sort of beg me for traditional type stuff. So we'll see what kind of crazy wackadoodle shenanigans they want to do. If they want to be like, Oh, let's make cookies or, or something. I don't even know. Um, they can, but uh, they are just as energy efficient as their mother, it turns out. I've not gotten any kind of like, can we buy and put up a million decorations? Like they're not asking me for this stuff. So essentially it's turning into where I we have company here, I cook a turkey dinner, and um, that's pretty much kind of the only tradition that we really have. We don't, so as we go forward, we might develop some of our own, but right now that's about it. That's what I was going to say. How That's actually really exciting that you can take Thanksgiving and Christmas and make it whatever fits your family. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I, my family's a little bit different. If we wanted to change something, my family is pretty laid back about that. Like usually we eat at one or two o'clock, which kind of like crimps my husband's style with watching the lions because they start at one every Thanksgiving, but he doesn't say anything. And this year my brother called, can we start at four this year? We're all like, all right. Like mm-hmm. we, so I, I, I think every family is different, but I think that's awesome that, that your kids have that ability to make the holiday traditions, what, what, what they want. So I think that's as a parent, that's awesome. That you yeah. That. And I think it's interesting for people to, who don't have um, a table full of family because we're, we're sold that if you don't have this table full of family, Norman Rockwell experience that your life is somehow lacking. And I know people who, who take their family and go to a hotel water park for the holidays mm-hmm. because they, they only have their own immediate little nuclear family. They don't have the big extended thing and they don't want to be constantly reminded that this is like a problem that they have to solve. So they just leave town and go away together or something mm-hmm. like that. And so um, I just want to encourage everybody who doesn't have, I mean, I have extended family. We're just scattered to the winds, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything quote unquote, wrong with you or whatever your your holiday can be whatever your family needs for it to look like agreed when when i was growing up um we lived in alaska and none of our extended family live in alaska it was me my mom and dad and my brother um but so my but my mom grew up in a big extended family everybody lived near each other so she still did the big turkey dinner but we didn't do anything else Thanksgiving that I remember. We just ate the turkey dinner that she spent all this time and effort making. It was delicious. I know my sister is coming uh, for Thanksgiving and neither of us are so super excited about turkey. It's like you can have one turkey dinner a year and be totally happy. And so we're like, oh, maybe we'll just do some steaks or something. My kids are like, no, we want a turkey. So I guess that is our tradition is that I actually cook a whole turkey. And the drama, too, about how I'm going to cook it. Because, again, it's new for me. So I've tried brining it um, for a couple of years, and I was pretty happy with it. But this year, I'm going to try to get good results without um, so much fuss ahead of time. I don't want to have to worry about brining it and stuff. So I'm going to try the overnight thing this year, Jen. Plus, you're going to use my uh, special um, sweet potato casserole recipe, right? Yes. 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 I I switched how I made turkey. About ten years ago, and it's come out perfect every time since. Use then. a bag. No, you put it. You turn your oven to like four hundred and fifty to start, 
and you put the uh, turkey in there. First, you make a bra out of tinfoil, fit it around the breast, and set it aside. So, and then you put the turkey in the oven for half an hour at that really high temperature, and it crisps up the skin, and so that seals all the moisture in. So then you put the bra over the breast, and that keeps it from getting too dark and burnt. Mm -hmm. And then you turn the heat down to 325. And it comes out juicy every single time. My secrets are um, I buy the sweet potato cat. I have a great recipe for a sweet potato casserole. <laughs> it's delicious. It's a lot of work. But then one time my brother brought the one from Gordon's. It comes frozen. You just throw it in your oven. And it tastes exactly like my sweet potato casserole. <laughs> a little bit different. But I'm like, why am I going to all this work? And... Mm -hmm. Um, I have a really great recipe for mashed potatoes. You don't just mash them, put butter in them. Like it's a recipe with all these seasonings and everything in it. And it is delicious. My kids love it. But the Bob Evans mashed potatoes that you buy refrigerated in the refrigerator section taste even better. So my kids are like, can we just have mashed potatoes from Bob Evans? So, that's <laughs> a, so we buy our mashed potatoes and we buy our sweet potatoes and we don't even, we don't even sweat it. Who cares? The whole thing is not homemade. I don't care. It's delicious. Oh, I know. And so I guess you are, you are reminding me of another tradition that I guess is happening because my kids are insisting on real homemade mashed potatoes. No cheating or shortcuts allowed for me for the mashed potatoes. It's interesting how these traditions are all falling upon me to implement and execute. Wait till they get a little older and you could, the one who's picky about the mashed potatoes, they get to make the Yeah, I think that my younger two are going to be peeling the potatoes this year. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and the, for those of our listeners who don't know, Gordon's Food Service is a, oh, yeah. is a store where restaurants go to buy their food. So you can get like bulk items. And they also have smaller stuff for regular people, but that's what they are. So. All right, Rhonda, I'm dying to hear. What are, what are some of your traditions? Well, <clears throat> okay, I understand where Jamie's coming from because uh, the traditions that people tried to implement, those are the ones that always fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I realize are traditions are ones that didn't seem like traditions back then. Yeah. And so one of okay. My Thanksgiving used to be we watched the parade in the morning oh, while yeah, mom was in the kitchen, while mom was in the kitchen uh, making fudge. She made fudge every year for a while, mm. and also homemade chocolate covered cherries. Mm. And so there was that. And then we'd go to my grandparents at noon, and then we'd be there till seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and eat at some point. But anyway, and then. That was when my aunt, who is nine years older than me, was living at home. Well, when she got married and moved out, I got moved up a slot. I'm the oldest granddaughter. So I got to spend the night with grandma the night before Thanksgiving and put mm. the turkey in the oven at five o'clock in the morning. And I got to make the slaw and help her make with the banana pudding and that. So the traditions I love the most are... Um, cooking with my grandma on Thanksgiving morning. And then everybody would just kind of trickle in one at a time. Everybody had the same foods that they made every year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the tables would get filled up with food and living room filled up with people, little tiny house, 26 people. And, you know, um, we would always count who's the new person. And for a long time, we had this board. It was a piece of molding. And we measured everybody, their height, not their belly, mm -hmm. um, every year. <laughs> And Thank goodness was, for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, Thanksgiving. So we just ran across that board um, recently, and it was no. fun to look at how tiny everybody used to be. And um, 
So anyway, Is this your grandmother are, that just passed away. Yes. Recently? Yes. And I really, it worked out for me really well because grandma, she hosted for so long um, up until maybe, maybe five or six years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. But anyway, it was just in time for my daughter to get married and buy her house. Yay. And she <laughs> is a party planner. And yeah. so she always wants to have every holiday. So I got, I'm like, it doesn't have to be my house when I'm a kid. It doesn't have to be my house when I'm older. So that worked out for me too. So Perfect. that's great. That's awesome. Great. All right. That was fun to listen to. All right. So now we are going to move on. This time, every episode is when we have our feeding of the backs, which means our feedback time. Before every episode, we spend 15 minutes in a sprint together with the same either five words or some other sort of prompt. And we spend 15 minutes, we sprint, and then we share it. And the point of us doing this is to show um, how to give encouragement to someone else, to, to other writers. We do not give criticism. It is only positive, really encouraging feedback that we do this because these are unedited. We just write them and share them, which at first could be kind of scary, but it actually ends up being kind of really fun. So um, is there anyone who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Can you share with us what the, well, I have the prompt. I will, um, I'll read it and then we'll let, we'll have Tina go first. Um, the prompt was, we came up with it by ourselves. Pick a character from your work in progress and write a scene about how they celebrate Thanksgiving. If they are from a culture that doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, then have them celebrating some sort of holiday that fits their culture. So that was our prompt. And Tina, why don't you lead us off? Okay. Well, I chose um, my characters from my nano project from last year. Okay. Um, because I didn't know how to fit Thanksgiving into my post-apocalyptic weird thing I'm doing. So here we go. Rory stood in the meat aisle at the grocery store and stared in disbelief at the price tag on the pack of turkey thighs she held in her hand. <laughs> how is it possible that an entire turkey is cheaper than buying a couple thighs, she said to Bella. Bella was too engrossed in her Barbie doll to pay attention to her mom's rhetorical questions. There's no way you and I are going to eat an entire turkey to put the meat back on the shelf. What should we have for Thanksgiving dinner? Rory continued, walking slowly through the meat section, hoping for inspiration ahead of her. We usually have caribou roast, said a little old lady who was hobbling past and had overheard Rory's one-sided conversation. Do they sell that here? asked Rory, looking around at the labels on the shelves. The old lady laughed. No, dear. I'm afraid you have to obtain that meat the old-fashioned way. Maybe we'll have a just have a vegetarian Thanksgiving, Rory said, ready to give up. Vegetarian is an old native word. It means poor hunter. The old lady <laughs> laughed at her jokes and said, why not try some Cornish game hens? They're small and would be perfect for two. Rory smiled at the old lady. That's a great idea. Thank you, she said. She found two Cornish, Cornish game hens and threw them in her cart. Oh, look, reindeer sausage, she said, picking some up and putting them in the cart also. I've been wanting to try some. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, mighty tasty on a bun. Bella sang out the song she heard Alex singing at their last encounter. Uh, let's go home, Rory told her daughter. I think we have at least an hour drive back to the cabin. Can we go to McDonald's first, asked Maria. Rory gave her a big grin. We should have chicken nuggets for Thanksgiving, she whispered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it that's all yay chicken nuggets for thanksgiving <laughs> my son would be so happy 
Because when you live in Alaska in the bush, you're very thankful for McDonald's. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I love the vegetarian joke. Yes, yeah, the poor hunter. Funny. That was hilarious. Uh-huh. And um, the reindeer sausage, my kids would be traumatized. <laughs> what? You're eating Rudolph? <laughs> I do not want you to do this. I do not want you to do this, but I so wonder how your nano would be different this year, like that same book, because of the difference in your writing between this year and last year. Like, wouldn't it be just such an interesting experiment to compare the writing style just to see? Hmm. Anyway, it was very well written. I really liked it. Yeah, very good. All right, Rhonda, how about you go next for us? Sure. Um, This is my nano from this year. And I'm trying to write it in third person, but I see that somewhere along the way I slipped back into first. So, <laughs> hey, it's unedited. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She looked at the glowing green display on her dashboard and calculated she'd been sitting outside Andrew's house for 15 minutes. With a deep, exhausted sigh, she unbuckled and climbed out of the car. Splash. She looked down at the source of the sound. The wet slush was so deep it covered her whole suede-covered foot up to her ankle. Her only reaction was a sigh. Her day was already as low as it could get. The front door opened as she trudged up the long front walk, enveloping her when the warm glow of the Christmas tree and the sound of laughter, tinkling glasses, and men yelling at the televised football game. Her spirits rose with each step. Her pace quickened, and by the time she made it to the stoop, she had enough momentum to leap to the top step and land it as if she were 15 again. Mm. Now, though, is her sister Andrew at the door instead of Granny. Andrew giggled watching my graceful act, something that used to irritate her when we were kids. She also tried to make me behave more properly, but rarely succeeded. What's that sound? I looked down at my feet, my new boots. It's this one here. Listen, I pulled out my old (laughs) tap dance skills, caused a strange slurping serenade with my wet boot, and ended with my jazz hands. They were (laughs) always my best move. She rolled her eyes at my display and pulled me into the house. Wait, this one stays outside. I'll give you something to wear home. She pulled the boot off my dance. Oh, slurping serenade. So good. Love that. Well, thank you. And who? Hands. That was inspired by something. Uh, By what? Jen's Uh, picture of her little jazz hands. (laughs) In Jen's dance picture, she's got her hands like, yeah, it looks like she's like going to catch a ball. If someone threw it at her. All yeah. Right. I got to show it. Yeah. I, just, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 10. Look at my hair. As a 10 year old, I had like a. So cute. <laughs> really cute. That's hilarious. Um, and who, what woman who has ever lived in Michigan in winter has not had a pair of suede boots Ugh. that have been, like, it, as soon as you said that, I was like, no, yeah. not the suede. Yeah. Yep. Salt marks and water yep. marks. Yeah. I've never had even owned a pair of suede boots. Even the fake suede? I um, haven't because I knew better. I knew I would wreck them. Yeah. I don't waffle know stompers. That's what I have. Did you say waffle stompers? Waffle stompers. Because <laughs> of the pattern it makes? That's what we when called you... them in Alaska. <laughs> Put on your waffle stompers. <laughs> did you ladies wear church? Did you ladies wear moon boots? <laughs> I was I just gonna ask you that. Oh, I hated <laughs> those so things. Oh, yeah, and we had to walk to school them. in moon boots. Scuff, 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 scuff yeah. for like 45 minutes. Ugh. Yeah. Up both ways. Yeah. We watched Napoleon Dynamite with my kids the other yeah. day. They'd never seen it. And I'm like, ah, oh, the moon boots. My kids are like, what? And I'm like, oh, let me just tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, my word. That's so that's, funny. That's funny. It's awesome. Jen, I, do you want to go or you? Yeah. I'll go next so that I'm not last. All right. 
So I dug really deep. I did not use my current work in progress. And um, if you recall, I don't know if you ladies remember my older couple that I yeah, write about every so them. often. Yeah. I can never remember their names. So they always have different names. In this rendition, they're named Ron and Wilma. I know that's not their names, but uh, it's the same character. So Ron, Ron, where are you? Silence filled the house. Not an abnormal event now that all the children had grown, but in this moment in time, Wilma couldn't be more annoyed by the lack of sound. It was nearly two o'clock and Ryan and Macy would be arriving any minute with the kids, every single one of them ready to sit down to a Thanksgiving feast. And if she didn't get this turkey out of the oven, they might be sitting down to a burnt bird. Ron, she screamed one last time before ripping off her oven mitts and storming out of the kitchen. She headed straight for the family room. <clears throat> Just as she had expected, Ron was there, eyes glued to the television. Ron, I've been calling you for five minutes. When her husband still didn't answer, she moved around the sofa and stood directly in front of him. Ron jumped when he saw her and pulled the earbuds out of his ears. What'd you say, dear? Why on earth are you watching the television with earbuds on? Because I can't stand the TV announcers. The radio guys are much better. Wilma looked over her shoulder at the Lions game that played behind her. Football. He was watching football all the while she was slaving away in the kitchen. <laughs> it was always like this. She was the one that worked so hard so that everyone else could have a good time. What was the use, she wondered. Wilma stormed off back to the kitchen and opened the oven door. She had done dinner all by herself every year before this one. She wasn't about to let chemotherapy stop her from doing the same with this one. Sliding on the oven mitts, she reached for the roasting pan. Please, Lord, just give me enough strength to get this on the counter. Hmm. I'm sorry, she heard Ron say gently as he put his hand on her shoulder. Wilma stood up and her husband took the mitts off her hands. I lost track of time. I didn't expect the Lions to be winning at this point, but they're putting on quite a show, he said as he easily slid the pan out of the oven and onto the waiting trivets. Wilma felt tears slip down her cheek as Ron turned to look at her. She wiped them away quickly. It's not your fault, she began. I never needed your help before. Ron pulled her against his chest, and sobs that Wilma didn't know she was holding back burst, burst out within his embrace. I'm sorry, she cried. I don't know why. Three. Two, one. Oh, I don't know why time had to end. Jennifer, you remember that. when we talked about writing our Christmas stories and you had like writers, you should write these people's story. I think mm. it would just come out for you. Yeah, I really do. Like I, I, I should just sprint every day something in this story and then eventually just put them all together like a compilation of little shorts mm -hmm. about them. That's kind of how I feel mm -hmm. about them. I feel like I just keep getting these little like windows into their life. Like I kind of mm -hmm. know what's going on and what's going on. You couldn't even happen. call it, that could even be like the title, Windows into. Mm -hmm. But I figure John out what Updike, names are. John Updike had a character couple like that. And um, then there was a, all of them released in one uh, book. And I read mm. that recently. It was really interesting to read. Mm. Oh, cool. Just short Maybe. stories. He just kept coming back to this couple. They just kept visiting him. Yeah, yeah that's how I feel about these two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, oh, thank you. Good awesome. job. All right, that leaves just you, Jamie. All right. <clears throat> what time did your grandfather say he was coming? Charlie plucked a boiled egg from its ice water bath and began gently wrapping it on the metal divider between her double sink, rotating it until the entire surface displayed a menagerie of spiderweb-like cracks. He didn't. I imagine he'd be over when the game is finished. It would be nice to have some kind of idea, Charlie grumbled, checking the clock. The egg slipped from her hand and plopped undramatically into the center of the sink, swallowed instantly by the black rubber gullet of the garbage disposal. She cursed. 
Mom, it's Thanksgiving. Stella's face was red and her brows were drawn together. Can't you behave for just one day? I'll try, she said, resisting the mighty urge to slip another expletive into that sentence. Try what, J.J. said, slipping behind his mother to make his way over to where the unassembled items for the appetizer tray lay strewn about on the counter. He picked up a can of black olives and hoisted himself up to sit on the counter next to the roaster. Put that down, Stella said, wiping her hands on her apron as she crossed to him. And get your butt off the counter. That's gross. You're gross, he rejoined. Oh, good one, Stella said, a derisive smirk playing at the corners of her mouth. Kids, can we not have the bickering today? Your father deserves a bit of R&R. &R. Our father. Now it was JJ's turn to smirk. Our father has been passed out since before the halftime show. Yeah, mom, Stella said. If you want to hear, if you don't want to hear us fighting, just say so. But don't try to blame it on dad. I don't think a bomb could wake him up. Nah, he so bombed himself, he'd likely not recognize the sounds. Or he'd think it's his ancestors calling to him from the beyond. That's enough, Charlie snapped. The siblings were no longer fighting, which pleased Charlie, but it was too early in the day and not far enough into the cabernet for her to be tolerant of their mocking of her husband's inebriation. She knew that by the time the pumpkin pie was served, she'd be quietly bemused by their jibes, likely joining in herself to add to the feeling of revelry. But she shopped, but the shopping for the day's feast had brought the bank balance uncomfortably to the forefront of her mind and her own disappointment in her husband was too thick and raw for it to be treated with any sort of lightness. She had to stop them before she started being mean. Excuse me for living, J.J. said. He hopped from his place on the counter and slapped imagined dust from his hands. Is there anything I can do to help? Yeah, you can run the garbage out if you don't mind, Stella said. Unless you want to peel eggs, Charlie offered, examining her most recent mutilation. A large chunk of the white had come away with the shell saddling her brain with bizarre thoughts of a Humpty Dumpty autopsy. Uh, no, I'll take my chances with the icy driveway, J.J. said, heaving the bag from the can. I'll go check on Dad, Stella said. See where we are with the game. I'm sure Grandpa said he would leave when it ended. Wow. Jamie, this is your nano project. Yeah. This is the mm -hmm. characters. I cannot wait to read this. I really, I really want to hear more about this Humpty Dumpty autopsy. <laughs> like that should be a little short story by itself. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen when you're peeling hard boiled eggs and you're just so mad because now you know, well, here's a doubled egg that's never going to happen because <laughs> the white part is going to be too skinny and it's not going to work. This poor woman's having a time. Not, not since I had my instant pie. Yeah, but they peel that that, easier. The shells just fall right off. Like you can't wow. really touch them. My favorite. There's a couple lines. The black rubber gullet, so mm. good. Yep. And the mm -hmm. whole, that's a, a longer sentence that started off like the middle of the, you talk about the middle of the sink, they're cracking mm. it, and it ended with spider web of cracks. That whole thing was so poetic. And yet mm. it was just about cracking an egg. Like, so well done, Jamie. You have such a way of just adding poetry in such an easy style that mm -hmm. people like feel like they're just reading a story that like we could all be living in. But at the same time, it's just heightened in a way that other writers can't do. Like, just very impressive. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yes, right. very good. All right, ladies, we are just about out of time, but it, we're not going to go away without visiting the accountability corner. Now, this is going to be difficult because we are actually recording this uh, early, so we're not, we didn't actually have a whole week to meet our goals, but uh, we can still discuss where we think we're going to be as far as our nano project by this Friday. 
and uh, where we're gonna what we're gonna do in the coming week ahead. So Tina, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with this? Uh, well, I think I'm gonna be in Anchorage, but I don't know. It's still the goal, right? Yeah, I didn't end up doing any work on Friday because of uh, we, we recorded and then I had stuff I had to do. But mm -hmm. um, so hopefully I'm gonna get some done today and the rest of the week and to meet my goal for once. All right. What about you, Rhonda? Well, I'm not sure exactly where I'll be on Friday. Um, with will I have started on my second draft of this? My first draft will be completely done. So I think that my second draft, I'm gonna say I probably be in about 25% mark of my second draft of this. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all I can really say. I'm just gonna keep working. Um, trying to get my 2,000 words a day in. That's great, Ron. I know earlier you said that you were not going to win Nano. Well, winning Nano technically means 50,000 words, right? But like this yep. feels like a win. When yeah, I, well, I think I've heard you saying about this project, like I'm so mm. excited for you. I feel like you are have won Nano or are going to win Nano in yeah. the way that you need to. So, yes. Mm -hmm. All right, James, how about you? I don't even know what to say because I can't remember what I said on Friday, even that my goal was for this coming Friday. Now I know I'll have my sister here starting Wednesday and I'm not gonna, I mean, what I'll do is I'll work if she's like sleeping. I know she likes to sleep in. And so, um, the goal, I don't know. Why don't I give you myself an hour a day, an hour write. a day. Oh good. I can do that. Yeah. I will, I will stick <laughs> with that. And I do believe that I will be, um, five hours better into my project by Friday for sure. So that's fair. <laughs> I also said I was going to do an hour a day, and um, so far I haven't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I yeah, know. doesn't count. Yeah, it's sort of been an unspoken that we like we don't count weekends, especially for you, because typically that's when you have to do hubby time and things like that. So right. really, your week is fresh. <laughs> sure. Right. Let's, let's go with that. Um, all month long, um, just because of everything going on in my life, we I have always kind of known I was not going to win Nano, and um, I'm okay with it this year. Like I'm not beating myself up, and I'm not like getting depressed about it, or like you know, it's okay, you know. So, but I think I have been so okay with it that I've really like not spent the time I should have. So, and I'm just going to be flat out honest. Um, this is a crazy week for me because I do so much for Thanksgiving dinner for my family. Um, and I have um, different obligations I have to do. My, and my stepson's coming home. And so um, I'm going to say an hour a day. <laughs> but this is for Friday, right? So for, starting Friday, I'm going to say an hour a day. And then we'll see where I am by next week. Yeah, well, um, and I, I think that you're, we've talked about this before, like, how do you know when it's okay to take it easy on yourself? And at what point do you feel like, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of using the, I need to take it easy on myself as like an excuse to kind of drift away. And I don't think you're in any danger there. I mean, because I think yeah. that you've proven to yourself in the past that you make deadlines, you publish when you say you're going to publish. And when you're ready to put your nose back to the grindstone, you're going to do what you've told yourself that you were going to do. So I think that you can feel okay about having a time where you're just a little more relaxed about things, you know? And, and that's really how I feel, honestly. Like there are things and anyone who's ever lost somebody close to them that they have to then take care of the estate understands, like Rhonda understands what a huge 
amount of work it is. And at this point, I'm doing it myself. Everyone and else has gone back to work. Oh, and it's emotional. emotional work. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I really, I ha- and it has to be done. Like there's not a hard deadline, but there kind of is. Like you can't just like do it over the next year. Like it's got to get done. And, and I just so, have to throw out there, have you been playing the piano like we suggested? No. Because oh, you know why? It might be Aww. so good for you, Jen. I stacked boxes in front of it and I have Aww. to I know. <laughs> I need to go into that room and move things out of the way. So that's kind of the room, like, um, as I'm cleaning all the rooms out, that's the room that I'm just putting things that need to be, like, when the family, all like my brother and my dad, we all come back in there. Um, then we go through like, okay, who's taking this? Who's taking that? Cause there's lots of things that are just straight up donated. Lots of things that I'm keeping, lots of things that are, you know, there's that, that go to certain people that I already know that she wanted them to go to. And then there's all this questionable things that like, mm-hmm. well, do you want this? Do you not? Are we going to donate it? Do you want to take it? So that's all gone into the piano room. And so I haven't been able to get to it. So, but yes, I walked, it's so funny you say that. Cause I walked by it yesterday and thought I've not even touched it. I need mm-hmm. to, I need to make a path over there and I need to sit down and spend some time. Maybe with some good old fashioned hymns or something, right? So Yeah. All right. Well, anything else before we get out of here? All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah. Happy Turkey Day. And from from myself and all the ladies of the podcast, we want you to know that we appreciate every single one of you. Those of you that watch us live and chat with us, those of you that watch us afterwards, because we have quite a few people that watch us uh, throughout the week as well and fit us in and Um, We are so grateful for you, and we hope that what we do here is a blessing to you as well. We hope you all had a a happy Thanksgiving and a a great holiday season coming up, no matter where you live in this world. But this concludes the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.